Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Wednesday edition of Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. On today's show, uh, we'll spend that much uh, time, if you're listening, about you know a very small amount of time on the lockout, because really that's all the time that it seems the owners want to spend on it. Uh, after that, we are going to compare the uh, relief core of the American League Central, and it's Wednesday. That means it is a Wednesday college wrap-up. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I want to remind everyone again as a big thank you. Uh, we are this will be this will be the Devils episode, episode six 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 of Lockdown Guardians. I've hosted all of them. Uh, it feels an appropriate one to have after everyone. You know, last night my hopes were up like everyone else's, and it was foolish because my hopes were up about this lockout. But at the same time, like it seems rather silly. Like, why are the players going to accept what is being reported? as like on the 50 yard line we're not 50 on like the five yard line it's like okay so the they're not the the tax rate is staying the same they're getting minor increases they're increasing the amount like it felt like very small gains for them and of course what happened today is the first two series of the the season were canceled i'm half tempted again uh, i want to remind everyone go over and subscribe on youtube and you're like i don't even watch things on youtube fine still subscribe it helps us out I've got my little travel map of all the stadiums I've been to. Should I put like a little calendar and just start crossing off uh, the games that are lost? Uh, it's disappointing. It is not surprising. You can go back to me vacillating on this point uh, back and forth. But uh, yeah, games are officially lost. Let's not fixate though on the negative. Let's move on to some positive things. I always encourage people over here at Lockdown Guard. You know, I, I didn't give my spiel. If this is your first episode... I am Jeff Ellis. Before being the host of Lockdown Guardians, I was the lead draft and prospect analyst for Scout and 24-7. I, through that, I developed a, you know, before, I mean, I grew I'm from Akron, born and raised in Northeastern Ohio, and that makes the draft kind of a, just an all-consuming passion if you're a Cleveland sports fan of about my age. So, of course, I was someone who, when once they discovered how to follow the baseball draft, went down that rabbit hole. And that is what part of the reason that makes the Wednesday wrap-up natural. I'm going to be doing uh, following the college game for my own fun and entertainment. And with no baseball going on right now, uh, professionally, it seems the perfect time to talk about that. We often on the show also bring up, you know, rate and review. It helps the show. We are at 99 ratings on iTunes. Next one gets us to 100. Thank you to John Meats, who put one out on 227. Very kind words. Five-star review. Uh, if you want to know most... Of our reviews are five stars, and it's like a tie for four and one star review. Sorry, everyone, my diabetic cat wants to join the show, and you know, when you're a 14 year old cat, you kind of get your way. But uh, you know, let's get over 100. Let's help the show, and again, subscribing is a big thing to help. But let's start talking about the central. Let's talk about pitching in the central. We talked about starting pitching on Monday. Let's get into the relief pitchers today. So I think the top pen is the White Sox, and that is. Whether or not they keep Kimbrell, it's irrelevant. It's still going to be the top pen. Liam Hendricks is amazing. They added Kendall Graveman. Aaron Bummer is a really solid reliever. Garrett Crochet, uh, if they keep him in the role he's in, is a 
you know, a flamethrowing lefty back there. I like Ryan Burr, who they got from Arizona. And they seem to always find more relief arms. This is a team that there's always another guy kind of coming down the pipe who could be down there. Uh, you know, Matt Foster was good in that role a few years ago. I, I would not uh, put it past him to to rebound and be another uh, successful relief arm for them. You know, maybe someone I talked about, like Jimmy Lambert, ends up back there. But yeah, this is the top pen. I don't think it's close. I don't think it's up for debate. They have the top pitching staff in the division in both starters and relievers. Uh, number two, this is where the debate happens for me. And it's either Detroit or Minnesota. And that might, maybe that's not what you expected, two and three to be. Uh, Detroit, Gregory Soto was very strong a year ago. Michael Fulmer, after I was like, why are they keeping him? Showed why. He was excellent in relief. Jose Cisneros throws really hard and gives a nice third option for the Tigers. And then on the Minnesota side of things, Taylor Rogers is one of the best closers in the American League. Uh, Tyler Duffy was effective. Kale Theobar was effective. Jorge Al... Al... Why oh, can't A-L-C-A-L-A. Help me out, uh, Andy. What's the pronunciation there? Uh, and then, you know, they can move some guys around. I, I'm probably going to go with the Twins first because I think Rogers is the best of this grouping. And, you know, Duffy was just awesome a year ago in that role. Now, both of them are older, so this is also a position. And with Theobar being 35, uh, they may not hold on to this long. But I think it's the number two worst rotation, number two bullpen in the American League. That leaves us with the Tigers at third. Solid three-headed monster. You're kind of curious to see if anyone else can step up into that role. Uh, I mean, I guess Funkhauser was decent last year. I'm just not all that enthused. I think he's more of a... Okay, so here's my rant. Back-end starters don't naturally make great relievers because you want relievers to have explosive stuff. A back-end starter is typically someone who has more average stuff. Putting him in the pen doesn't mean it's going to play up. Uh, so you're, you know, like I've always said, like, I thought Eli Morgan worked in the pen because he's got a 65-grade changeup. And he's got a good enough fastball, so you have a plus pitch. That's why I think he could be effective. Funkhauser, you know, he's just, he is built to be an innings eater. You know, maybe he'll be solid in that role. I'm not quite sold on it. And, you know, Joe Jimenez is another interesting arm, not great a year ago. Uh, and they just have so many starters. You know, we talked about, I like that rotation quite a bit. They've got some more, you know, young players of note, some interesting players that could come up and help them. I, uh... I'm bullish. That's, they're three now, but could easily be two by the end of the year. I think fourth, you have to put Kansas City. Now, there's the surprise. All right, Scott Barlow is right up there amongst the top relievers in this division. It's it's Rodgers, it's Barlow, it's Hendricks. And that's the thing. The closers in this division, I will stack up with any division in baseball. Josh Stalmont was someone I was never high on. He was more of a thrower than a reliever, but he finally started to get things together. You know, he is, he's got some Emmanuel Classe his fastball is up there near Class A, so just in terms of like velocity and stuff. Uh, Jake Brents as a lefty was solid for them a year ago. I, you know, they, they, they have, have the young, young players. players. We'll, we'll see who steps, steps up, who gets a chance, chance to start. start. We, we talked about Daniel Tillo on the show yesterday. yesterday. Uh, Jackson Kowar, maybe they consider moving him to a pen roll going into the future. Man, Richard Lovelady isn't even on their 40 man a year ago. I think I wrote, I know I wrote him up as one of their top prospects. I'm trying to remember how high I put him. As a relief-only player, like, I almost never put those guys high, but I really believed in his stuff. Kind of surprised. No injured right now. Uh, we'll have to see some of these other young arms that could get a chance in their system, but I I prefer their, you know, their top three right now. That's the thing. It's like Barlow, Stalmont, Bretts, Brents. Like, that's solid. 
Cleveland has Emmanuel Classe, who is as good as any closer in baseball. Uh, what he did a year ago was utterly fantastic. James Karinchak came utterly undone. Nick Sandlin has not remained healthy since he was drafted. And he's been hurt every single year, missed a significant time a year ago. Anthony Ghost is 31 and has had limited innings where he's been able to control, show any semblance of control. Trevor Steffen, uh, we'll see. You know, he's not getting that extra year of coaching. We're hoping to see what he could do with that time. Uh, you know, who who else do you trust in Henches to take a step forward? Um, it's I, I trust Class A, and after that, it's just question mark city. That is why, to me, Cleveland has the worst bullpen in this division. That's why I have long said on this very show that bullpen is a sneaky need for the Cleveland Guardians. So again, if you missed out, top bullpen, Chicago White Sox. Kimbrell, no Kimbrell, still the top pen. I guess if I'm doing the YouTube imaginary line, that's one. Two, I'm going to go with the Twins. I still like some more of the proven guys they have there. Three are the Tigers, but with a good chance that they end up two before the end of the year. Four, Kansas City, because they've got two pitchers who are really Looked really good a year ago. And then Cleveland, who has Class A, and then, eh. Sandlin's healthy for a full year. Great. He's your eighth inning guy. If what Ghost showed after returning from the Olympics last year, all of a sudden, I mean, they have Cleveland is five. There's a strong chance they're five at the end of the year. There's also an outside chance they're like three or even two. Like, they have the arms. Can Karen Chalk get it back together after sticky substances were taken away? Like, I, you know, it. A year ago at this time, I just said their top two could have matched anyone in the league. And early going in the year with some of the players they had, I just said they had the best bullpen in the American League Central through, like, May of a year ago. But uh, a lot of those guys came undone. A lot of those guys uh, just did not pitch as well as the season continued going. So right now it's the worst. And let me know what you think. I put their rotation second best, right, top of my head. trying to remember. I believe so. But the bullpen is fifth. Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. We're going to take our first break here and come back and do a Wednesday wrap-up with why maybe you want to pay more attention to the small school stats than the big school stats in the early going. I want to remind you to go check out our sponsor, Bet Online. Football might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. But online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Well, outside of this podcast, of course. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to, your, uh, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile, ugh, mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Go check out Locked On uh, MLB Prospects with Lindsey Crosby. He took over for our old friend, Aram, who's doing his thing. You know, when people go on, you just wish him your best. Uh, Lindsey and I are going to do some crossovers. We're already putting together. He's a very smart guy. He knows the business side of things as well, so you want to go check that out. Good dude. We'll be chatting. I'm assuming he and I will do the draft content show again this year because no matter what happens, that the draft's going to happen. So, you know, we might have a lockout. You'll still get a draft. Uh, so let's talk about players who might be in the draft. And uh, should we do the Tommy White alert? Like, I feel like maybe, you know, last week I, I made a big deal, and for good reason, uh, after five home runs in that first series, he had four more. So he's up to nine on the year. That, that's, that's a lot, uh, in case you didn't know. Now, number two on, that, on this list, Brad Malm of Albany, New York. 
Now, I do want to talk about Brad Malm for a second. He's a senior infielder. Uh, again, small school guy, so in the early going, I apologize. I feel like I just talked loudly there. Uh, you know, it's a situation where you might be thinking, well, you know, it's small school guys. We see these guys go out and perform, put up big-time numbers. He is a redshirt senior. You know, he's been bopping around since 2018 with this program. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, he's been there a while. This is 2022, so it's, it's five years. Uh, he's been, you know, a high producer. Now, why I want to point this out, though, and why in some respects, like, his numbers are more interesting. He's got eight home runs. Okay? So why you kind of want to look at a Brad Malm and be like, oh, big school versus small school. So most of his damage was done against UMES. Now, I will admit, when I went and I looked at it, I'm like, what is UMES? I was not familiar with the University of Maryland Eastern Shorehawks. That was a new program to me. They are currently 0-7. It has been a rough start for them. And they had four games against Albany. The reason, though, I'm bringing this up, and not to bury UMES, is the reason Bad Mom is still someone worth checking out. You're like, oh, he's a small school guy. is because this is where, in the early goings, we talked about this with James Madison. When Chase DeLotter had that opening weekend against Florida State, he faced two potential uh, day one pitchers. And he left that weekend with an OPS under 500. Faced some weak competition since then. His OPS is now over one again. Like, that's how much you can rebound uh, statistically. Now, that's also like his last chance to really face that type of talent. So that's important. That stands out. But how about someone like Brad Mom, who in the opening weekend, who did Albany have? But Georgia. So yes, he's got eight home runs, but some of that damage was done against good pitching. It was done against the University of Georgia. He had a home run in the first game. Now that was, he faced Jonathan Cannon. Jonathan Cannon had a strong game. I mean, he had a good game. He just didn't miss as many bats as you'd like for a guy facing a lower-level competition. But Malm did damage against Georgia. No, he did most of his jet damage against UMES. And you want to look at that stuff and pay attention. At the same time, like third in the country in home runs is Hunter Duro for San Jose State. Now, he has faced University of Northern Colorado, University of Portland, and University of Nebraska at Omaha. Not to, to bring this kid down, uh, he's got some chances coming up you know, against New Mexico and some other University of California. Uh, can he keep performing? Can he go out? You know, he's going to face University of Southern California. He's going to face Fullerton, UNLV. He'll get to face some programs that'll give him a chance to kind of show his stuff. But the fact that he is third in the nation in home runs and you look at who he's faced, that's something. Malm, again, the fact that half of his games in the early going were at Georgia and that he's second in the nation in home runs, that matters. That stands out. Uh, you know, I'm very high on Kevin Parada of Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has produced a lot of great catchers, and he is the next one in line. Uh, if you went and looked at my big board, I want to. I didn't pull up the schedule, but I have him uh, up there. But uh, you know, he was a top twelve player when I say my big board. He was a defense first catch. I mean, maybe it's not necessarily fair to say he had a good bat. He looked like he could be an above average hitter and catcher. So. They started out against Wright State. And you're like, okay, Wright State is a good program. Those are high-scoring games. Uh, they won 9-8, 16-5, and 9-6. Well, after that, they had Georgia Southern, Presbyterian, and then Gardner-Webb. And right now, Calvin Prada, who, again, I like quite a bit, is tied for fourth in the nation with five home runs. And you're like, oh, interesting. All of those came against Gardner-Webb. So that is where... 
if you're a small school guy, this is the time that they're going to be performing. This is why you kind of want to go a little bit beyond the numbers. And again, small sample size, it's in some respects, I don't want to say meaningless. It is interesting to follow and look, but to understand like Brad Malm being two, don't necessarily throw that away. Don't just be like, oh, he's at Albany. Realize that right now, Albany, yes, the second series wasn't as strong, but the first series was against ranked Georgia. And you need to see who the opponents are. Kevin Parada at five, you're like, wow, five and eight games for him as a catcher with uh, you know his defensive value and positional value. Again, I mean, I still think this guy is one of the top 12 players in the class, but you also have to look where those home runs are coming. You have to look at where things are balanced out and realize five gets you like interested, but it can't hold you right now. And it's going to be fun to see. I mean, you go down to 23rd, guys tied for 23rd with three home runs. You got, you got guys like Dylan Beavers. You got Jacob Berry. You start getting into some more names that we have talked about in this draft class. So it's going to be fun to follow, something interesting to see. You know, and we're also have this fun situation too now where uh, I have to really pay attention. Like I went to look up Caden Grice from Clemson because he's, you know, he's got three home runs. He's like top five in the country and on base percentage. I remembered him as more of a pitcher, uh, two way guy. He's a first baseman. I want to say for Clemson this year, but he's 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 just we're traditional sophomore. We have traditional sophomores again. It's been a while, so uh, you also have to do that when you're digging through the data. There's. Some players who have been around for a long time. There's some other guys who are legit, just aren't, you know, Dylan Cruz is probably the big name for next year's class, the uh, LSU outfielder who early enrolled. But yeah, it's, you know, you got to check it out. You got to see. And again, small school, we can't write off right now like we had, like you might later in the year because of the fact that this is when small schools face big schools. So Brad Mom. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a day two, day three. I'm not even saying he's going to get drafted. But I think there's value in the fact that he performed against Georgia. I think there is value in that, and that's something you want to check out and consider. We're going to take our second break. We're going to come back and talk about some pitchers that are excelling in the early going of the college baseball season. Let's take a moment and let's go over and check out our good friends at BillBar.com. You know them. You love them. Right now on sale, mint brownie. That is a solid flavor for them. It is a good one. I, you know, they do mint very well. It's currently 15% off. That is, unfortunately, that is today only. So by the time you're listening to this, that won't be the sale. But the bigger point is there are sales like this happening all the time. And that's why you want to go to BuiltBar.com. You want to check it out. You want to see what's going on. You can get a Puffs mix box right now with coconut, which they always do super well. Banana, which I love. And churro. Things like that are happening right now. 12 bar mix box. What are their limited releases? You got the white chocolate cookies and cream, aka Oreos, ruby chocolate, lemon dip cheesecake, and caramel almond delight. There's always something fantastic going on at BuiltBar.com. And when you go there, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15. And it's LOCKED15 to save 15% on your order. And I always tell you, you'll start building up those Built Bucks and you'll save even more. And I I always use my Built Bucks, save like five bucks, use LOCKED15, save 15%. And I am anticipating my new order to be here before the end of the week. That is BuiltBar.com. Remember, the promo code is LOCKED15. Save time and money while using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same part from a chain store dealership? The example they always give us here is the Hata Honda Sea fuel pump is 353 from the chain, 216 from Rock Auto. It's a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They cut down on the overhead to keep prices reliably low for all customers and pass that on to you. They have everything you could need from brake parts to new carpet. 
And I always tell you, check out and see what's on rebate. And remember, if you are like me and you are not car savvy, go to rockauto.com and save yourself money on things like filters, uh, your windshield wipers, those things that when you go to get your oil changed, they try to upsell you on. No, no. You want to put those on yourself and you can and get those pieces and save even more money at rockauto.com today. When you go to rockauto.com, make sure in the little how'd you hear about us box, you write uh, locked on. You can say locked on guardians, locked on MLB, some form of locked on to let them know their advertising money is well spent. That is rockauto.com. Save yourself some money. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen, currently three days a week, wherever it is that you get podcasts, always free, always available. That is Locked On, I'm sorry, that is Locked On Guardians. And I want to thank you again to everyone who downloads daily, rates and reviews, and subscribes on YouTube. I appreciate that. Uh, help the show out. We're at 32 subscribers. Let's see that number grow. Uh, if you enjoy the show, it's a simple thing you can do. Just subscribe on YouTube or subscribe anywhere and everywhere. And uh, I just want to thank those who have and those who will. So let's talk about some pitchers. So last week we talked about Bryce Hubart. And part of the reason I talked about him and not his teammate was he had more strikeouts. And he was also the Cape strikeout king. And I've talked a lot about how that has been a springboard. I mean, for almost for every pitcher I can recall in, in recent memory. And now after two weeks, the person leading the nation in strikeouts... Well, Bryce Hubart is currently fourth. At number one, his teammate, Parker Messick. Parker Messick is a, kind of a great story. I was curious. I'm like, I feel like I knew him from high school. Obviously not when I went to high school. Uh, anyone I went to high school with who could do sports was uh, is long retired. But, you know, he went to Plant. That is a big program. At the same time, when I went to look up his perfect game stuff, he was like the 12th rated left-handed pitcher in his own state. So that's, you know, quite a... a a thing for him. It's good on him, essentially. And he has been a solid starter for Florida State from pretty much the drop for them. And he has performed well. We talked about against James Madison. He chased a louder in that game, went one for four with three strikeouts. Messick went five and two thirds. He allowed one run on two hits, two walks, and he struck out 11. Now, last week they faced Sanford. Sanford is a solid program. It's, you know, it's Sonny Deshara, I was looking at his stats today. I didn't realize he had gone to Auburn. Uh, you know, he was kind of their big bat. It's not the strongest program. It is a, it's a smaller program. Let's just be honest and say that and move through. But still, seven innings, one hit, one hit batter, 13 strikeouts. He gave up that hit in the first inning. He hit a batter in the fifth, and that's all that reached base in that matchup against Sanford. He was dominant across the board I and mean, he just totally shut them down 85 pitches for those 13 strikeouts over seven innings he's a six foot tall lefty uh he keeps this up he will certainly be a pitcher on the guardians watch he's you know 23 strikeouts to two walks so far that's that's pretty darn good and then the other player who's certainly certainly on the guardians watch who to a t fits their pitching style is hunter barco at florida now, if you listen to this podcast, you know, a year ago I talked about the Guardians took three pitchers out of Florida, um, Alman, Leftwich, and Tommy Mace. What was interesting is Leftwich and Mace both had very disappointing college careers. For where they were supposed to come and what they were supposed to develop, it did not come together for them. So I kind of viewed it as, is this program being rated a, a sign of respect or a sign of, we see things we can easily fix? I'll leave that up to you. But the top pitcher there is Hunter Barco, who a few years ago 
I feel like in my way too early mock draft, I put him as the number one high school pitcher as a lefty. He's gone to Florida. He's performed well. There's some talk that the fastball is a little flat, that there's this and that. But, and we also have to admit, you know, he is currently number two in the nation with 22 strikeouts. He has faced lesser competition. He has faced Liberty, who's most known for their Celine Dion uh, uniform reveal, and then Georgia State. But let's still talk about what Barco's done in those two games. Against Liberty, six innings, one hit, one walk, 11 strikeouts, 88 pitches needed. Uh, to get through six innings. Then on the other side of things, when you go to that Georgia State game, he goes six innings again, strikes out 12, three hits, one earned run, one walk. So he's been excellent. And he is tied, or not, is he tied? Yeah, he's tied for second in the nation and strikeouts with Austin Peterson of UConn. Uh, Barco, you know, I talked about it a lot before the year even started, that this is a guy who very much feels like a Cleveland Guardians type of pitcher. High strikeouts, low walks, plus we know they have scouted Florida heavily. So yeah, I think he's someone you have to consider and look at. And Parker Messick, again, he also fits what they like, what they're looking for, what they're going for, and both are draft eligible this year. Uh, In terms of who else is missing bats, well, there's also Bryce Hubart, the teammate who's tied for fourth. Talked about Austin Peterson, uh, also from big schools, Chase DeLander from Tennessee, who I believe was a transfer. Corey Lewis is the next guy from UC Santa Barbara uh, in that continual pipeline of pitching after McGreevy a year ago and Shane Bieber a few years ago. Uh, we'll see who else can continue to step up and stand up. It's early on. For a lot of these top-end guys, they've had two starts. It's going to be important to see what they can do over you know many, many more starts seeing what happens when guys like Messick and Barco aren't facing the cupcakes, seeing if they can continue to still rack up the strikeout numbers. It's certainly something to pay attention to. And I know what you're thinking. He's only looking at strikeouts and home runs. When the early going, there's not too much else to go on besides those. And those are limited things. I did go and look at like who's leading the, uh, you know, both leagues in strikeouts. Not strikeouts. I already talked about that. You know, who's got walks? Who's walking at a high rate? Joe Kinker of FGCU, Sky Duff of Pittsburgh, Caden Grice of Clemson, who we talked about, uh, is up there with a lot of walks. Jace Jung tied for fifth in walks if you want a, a high-end prospect. I looked at pitcher walk rate. Well, there's a lot of guys who haven't walked anyone, including University of Akron's Anthony Fett, keeping it local. Uh, Ohio Uni- uh, University Joe Leapertor? Uh, gonna have to go look up the first name. You know, th- there are some some local guys I've talked about in terms of who to check out as well. But we're going to continue seeing who's performing, who's standing out, who is putting themselves on the radar. And with the Cleveland Guardians in particular, this is a Cleveland Guardian-centric podcast. We know that they let their scouts know a year ago, hey, if you can get a job, take it. You know, They're cutting back on scouting department. They're going more analytical model. They're using you know, their own approaches of what they have found success. And we talked about the Zips projection Monday. In some ways, they're doing a Zips projection type of deal for a lot of college scouting. And that is why we saw them go for a very specific type in last year's draft class. And that is a type they've had success with. We know what they do well with. They know what they do well with. And we're going to see them target those type of guys. That's why Hunter Barco, Patrick Messick, keep them in mind. They fit the profile very much. I talked about, you know, I would love it if Chase DeLotter fell. He's not really their style. Like, he could be there at 12 and there's a... Or not 12. Are they at 13? I can't remember the pick off the top of my head. 
but they might pass. He is not their approach. And they seem to be very much a team that is sticking to their approach of success. So just something to keep in mind. Again, I want to thank everyone for listening, rating and reviewing, uh, downloading, subscribing, all that great stuff when it comes to Lockdown Guardians. I have been your host, Jeff Ellis. I'm messing around with the sound. Since I'm using new software, since we are now a video and audio podcast, let me know how it's going. Uh, I feel like I'm having problems with some of the gain and stuff like that, so I'm trying to adjust and move things around. Let me know how it sounds. As always, feedback is appreciated. We have a never-closing mailbag. We want to keep filling that mailbag up. So when it comes time to do a mailbag, it is nice and full, and i got plenty of things to answer, so hit me up on the Twitters at JeffMLBDraft. And as we end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.